All right, please turn in your Bibles this evening to the book of Acts, chapter 9. The first six verses, we are still sharing basic Bible truths, basic Bible doctrines. I'll probably name this uh, series eight different things, but it all comes down to the same thing. And especially tonight, we are going to talk about a basic Bible truth that we hear of all the time in the Lord's church. And in the Lord's true churches, with the true preaching of the word, there are phrases that you're just going to hear in the preaching from one Christian to another, in the teaching in the Sunday school classes. I mean, you're going to hear trust in Jesus. You're, you're going to hear believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to hear serve God. And I can't imagine how many times I have heard in my Christian life, during sermons, during Christian conversation, the phrase, the will of God. Do the will of God. Trust the will of God for your life. Seek God's will for your life. If it's God's will, do this or that. We've heard so much about the will of God. We hear it spoken that we should follow the will of God, that the will of God is best for our lives. And then we just and then we pass on to talking about something else. And look, in a lot of ways, we know what the will of God is. But nevertheless, we need to be refreshed and we just need to focus tonight on the will of God. It's, it goes out in exhortation during sermons so much, we might as well expound on it just for a minute this evening. So look with me in Acts chapter 9, uh, before Saul quickly became Paul after this, we... We see it says in verse 1, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as they journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Well, I can't think of two better questions to ask the Lord. What if we could ask the Lord two questions right now, just clearly in, in person like that? I, I can't think of two better questions. Who art thou, Lord? And Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Let's stop and think about those questions, making them personal for us in our lives tonight. Uh, 
Who is Jesus Christ to you? What does it mean to you that God has a personal will for your life? First, let's understand God's will. Let's understand three aspects of talking about God's will. Let us consider God's sovereign will. God has an ultimate will for everything and everyone of for all time. And there is nothing that can stop God's sovereign will. His sovereign will is going to be done. God is able and will accomplish that which he, which he wishes to do. God's sovereign will it's going to happen. It shall happen. And his sovereign will will specifically in detail be known only unto him. And it's going to be done. But there's not only God's sovereign will. There's God's moral will. And God's moral will does not change with the passing of time in this changing world and with the mentality of the human being changing and calling wrong right and right wrong, no matter what people do, no matter what laws get passed that may oppose God's moral will, God's moral will is never going to change. Right is right and wrong is wrong and it can be clearly known by way of the everlasting word of God that will never pass away and it's never going to change. God's moral will is consistent. People and their opinions today do not phase God's moral will. It has been settled forever in heaven. That I mean, God said it. And that settles it. There are no arguments for right and wrong and moral will. The word of God lets us know. And then, and then there's God's particular will. God's particular will for our lives. We find Paul's particular will in verse 15. It says, but the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Everyone has a will for their life that is given from God. It will vary from Christian to Christian. There are many things that we will have in common with what's General in God's will for all of his children. But there are specific particular callings upon our lives. And they come from God to you and I. I mean, there are two things that you and I can leave here knowing tonight. And that is that either we know God's will for our lives. Or we know that God has a will. For our lives. I'm talking about everyone individually knowing this. God has a personal will for your life. Something for not just Paul to do. 
and for me to do, but for you to do as well. And making all of these wills relatable, you might think of God's sovereign will in the fact that we're able to be saved. It's God's sovereign will that that people be saved from their sins and know Jesus. It's in God's moral will that our behavior change once we become a Christian. God's molding us and He is changing us. That our beliefs in right and wrong and our behavior would be more like that of Christ every day. So He's changing us in that way. And then in His particular will, He has something specific for us to do to serve Him. It might be preaching, it might be singing, it might be the church secretary, it might be the church treasurer, it might be the one who doesn't come into an official position, but they just minister to the sick and take food to those who are down and in need. God has a will for all of our lives, and it comes in many different ways. It's particular, whether it be for the missionary, or whether it be to be a Sunday school teacher to kids, whatever the case may be. God has a particular will for all of us. And I want you to think about that tonight. I want you to think about the creator of this entire universe and all that is created and everyone that has been created from Adam to the last one on earth. And it's not too much for God. God is so big that with all of that in all of his creation of everyone, he knows the hairs on our head and he knows us individually and he knows that very calling upon our lives in the very best way for us to serve him. It might blow our minds. We might think that's not me at all. I've heard many preachers say that. That's, God must have made a mistake with me. But God knows. And he knows best. And he cares. He knows you. And he has something for you to do. Please take that to heart. I feel like I'm just saying that so general. But can you just simply take that? That God has something for every single one of us to do. To glorify his name. To do the work of the ministry in some way upon this earth. Know this. Know this. He makes it known. God's will doesn't remain a mystery. He reveals His plan for His saints, and He reveals His plan to His saints. There's a lot of misunderstanding about God's will, and I'd like for us to share that for just a few minutes. The, the misunderstandings concerning God's will. And one of those things are, you, you don't get it all at once. You understand God's will is, it's not a road map that you can look at and everything's lined out for you through your life. As you go, as you go, God is leading and he will continually reveal his will to you. It may be right at the moment that you need it, but that's how it's going to happen is as you and I go. It's about a relationship taking place. And His will 
being made known throughout this relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. I appreciate questions from guests when they come into the church. I, I really appreciate them asking, you know, deep questions about the church and, and things like that. And I don't mind the question... What's your vision for the church? I don't mind that in a sense. And I don't think everyone who asks that question means it in the wrong way. But I'm just going to simply answer that question the same way every time. Well, we're committed to carrying out the commission and the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ here. And, and that's what I'm going to say. I mean, back, back in 2006, I mean... This church, Lakeway, had no idea that in 2009 the church would be relocating to a different location. No, no one knew that. But a way was made and it happened. And, and we see that God had a will in this. He has blessed and taken care of us. And, and God just simply brought about His will as we were going. So... So there can be a vision in, in what, by way of we're, we're looking to grow in Christ. We're looking to glorify His name. We're looking to unadulterate the truth in this church and, and to preach the truth. But as far as a detailed vision plan that almost gets into the business end of things, I, I'm sorry, but if the Lord will, we'll do this or that. And, and so we receive His will as we go. So not all at once. We don't get His will all at once. God's will is not strict and serious. It's not just being about something that's strict and serious. Life in God's will, it is not unpleasant. And it is not a stressful life to, to live in the will of God. God's will is nothing to be afraid of. God's will is the very best thing for our lives. God is a good father and he cares and takes care of his children better than we do our own. He's, he loves us and he has something great for us. Ask any Christian who is living their life in the will of God and ask them if they would trade the peace and the purpose they have for the pleasures of sin for a season again. And they wouldn't do it. They're enjoying the will of God. They're enjoying the peace of knowing that we are in His hand. And He's in charge. And He is leading us. The will of God is good. It's not all about strict and serious. I have fun in the will of God. I really have. Maybe it's because, maybe I can say that in a strong way because I've, Worked with kids a lot over the last 10 years, but I have had a lot of fun in God's will. It's, it, and it is fun for us, and, and we love it, and it's peaceful, and it's not all about strict and serious. It's not all about status. What I mean by that is God doesn't just reveal His will to the, to the Pauls, okay, or to the preachers. Or to the missionaries. It's not just those. It's not just those of certain position that God reveals His will to. He reveals His will to every child personally to them. 
Everyone has a will that comes from God. And you don't need to go asking the preacher what it is. Because God's not going to give it to the preacher to tell you what God's will is for your life. He deals with us personally and individually. I'll say something that may sound like it contradicts that later. But it doesn't. God's will. Misunderstandings. It's not all about a dramatic event. To come into God's will. I mean God's not going to reveal his will today. In the same way that he did to Paul. If you're looking for a road to Damascus experience, God's probably trying to be telling you your will all along that he has for your life. And we're not to be looking for something so dramatic as that. It could be the mildest tugging of your heartstrings that God is, is speaking without words, without being audible to your heart about what he wants you to do. I've never said this before, it's not a big deal, but in just thinking about this, I started thinking about a time when, when I believed I was called to preach, and I, I struggled and I fretted, and you can ask Shelly that I talked to her about it a whole lot, and then finally one day I was dressed and about to leave, and I just sat down on the foot of my bed, and I said, okay, God, okay, if that's, if that's, that." I didn't say if, that is what you're, I said if many times before that, but I said that's what you're calling me to do, and, and I'll do it, I'll do it, I, I surrender. I, I had no, surrender to preach. I had no idea what the weight of that phrase really means, and, and most people wouldn't surrender to preach if they knew all that in advance, I think, but, but I said those, I didn't, so I didn't know the full meaning of those words, but I said those words, I surrender to preach, and I simply... Just, I didn't do a cartwheel, and uh, uh, a a rushing wind didn't come through the room. I didn't have chills up and down the back of my neck. I just walked out with peace in the day I was in, a new peace over a struggle that I was no longer having anymore. It can be very subtle that you know this. Um, The will of God, the misunderstandings about it. It's not about a certain time in your life that you might receive the will of God. I, I can't believe the amount of people that, that I've had the opportunity to speak to that said, well, I'll think about church and God and all that stuff after I get married and have kids and things like that. There are so many teenagers in the Bible who were called by God to some major work of His so, so teenagers, don't wait until you're an adult to be looking for God's calling. He will let you know now. He uses young people. He uses the youth for His glory. And He places callings upon your heart. Even now, if you have ears to, ear, to hear, please listen to God's call on you as a young man or a young woman of God to serve Him in some way. And as for... The mature saints, God never stops calling you. He never stops calling you to serve Him. We, we serve Him in different ways 
throughout our lives. And God makes adjustments according to the adjustments that take place with us. And He always has something for you and I to do to serve Him. Never think it's too late for the calling of God upon your life. Never think it's too early for the calling of God upon your life. He wants His mature righteous saints to bust the tape at the finish line when He takes you home to glory. He has a will for you always. Misunderstandings about the will of God. It's not all about a search. You know, God's not playing hide and go seek with His will for you. I've known of Christians that have, they've been in church a long, long time and And they've said, I just wish I knew what that thing is that God wants me to do. Well, that's not God's fault. That's not God's fault because he's not hiding his will. He promises to reveal his will and he makes his will known to his people. But that point ties in to where we're going next. And that is willing to understand God's will. Many people talk about it. Many people talk about it like they want to know. Many people talk about God's will as if they want to know what it is and then decide if they want to do it. God's will and knowing God's will is about being willing to do God's will. Willing to understand God's will. God will give His will to us, but It's not for us just to sit back and to wait for it to come our way. There's to be a willingness. Saul wanted God's will and Saul asked for it. What wilt thou have me to do? He wants us to be willing to receive his will and to do his will. Too many times, and man, this happens way too many times. We think up something we want that's tied to Christianity. And, and it's, it's our decision. It's what we want to do. And then we're nice enough to go tell God about it. And to let Him follow along. And let Him tag along with what we want to do in our lives. We have to have a willingness to set our will aside to know what His will is. We need clean hands and a pure heart. We need to come to God empty and nothing to do with what we want, but what He wants for our lives. What your desire is, it may be according to God's will and that may be it. But it may be something completely opposite. It may be something completely different. We need to be willing to know what God's will is. To desire what God's will is. In order to know God's will, we have to set our will aside. It's kind of like the song that we sing around here. Wherever he leads, I'll go. That's, that's faith. That's willingness To want to know what God wants for our lives. If we think about it. If we think about it. Why would God reveal 
His will to us if our heart's not ready and we're not willing to do what He says, what He wants us to do. There must be a willingness. There must be a willingness. There must be meekness. In other words, we must have a teachable spirit. You know, a lot of people don't like to be told what to do. They really don't. But when it comes to God, we need to be very teachable and very humble before Him to, to know what, what He wants. Preacher was telling a young lost man about Jesus one day and asked him if he knew the way to heaven. And the young man said, no, he didn't have an answer. And so when the preacher started telling him how to get to heaven, he was trying to finish the sentence of the preacher on every sentence he was saying. And the way he was finishing it was wrong. He was trying to tell him the wrong way to heaven after he didn't have an answer for it. When he was being told, he didn't have a teachable spirit. But we need to have that with God. We need to be meek before God. The 25th Psalm and the 9th verse says, The meek he will guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. God blesses and guides the meek performer, not the peak performer. God's looking for meekness to show us his will. But not only that, God's looking for openness to show us his will. We need to go before God honest and earnest and empty and open. We need to go to God believing he has an assignment for us when we go to ask him his will and we need to be ready to do it. Oh, well, let me let me go back and bury my father. And and that didn't work with Jesus. Come now and follow me. We need to be ready for God's will. We need to examine how much time we spend listening to God. You know, when we go to God in prayer, it's not just about us talking to God. There ought to be some moments of silence. And we're not going to hear a thing, but we can trust and just know that in this time, we're spending bowed in reverence and listening to God that He is just filling our heart. And that, that He is just speaking to us through, through the word He's given us and, and revealing His will to us. How much time do we spend listening to God for His will in our lives? But not only is there to be an openness, there's to be a yieldedness. It says in verse 8, And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened... He saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did he eat nor drink. As soon as Saul got word of God's will, he pursued it. He wanted it, and he was desiring God's will. If we're going to yield to God's will, if we are yielded, God will yell it. In other words, he will make his will so clear to us when we are yielded to him. When, when he is able to have our attention, but 
And we get his attention by our attentiveness to him, yielded to him. We can expect to know God's will when we're yielded. And to be yielded no matter what the cost. To be yielded not concerned about the inconvenience that's going to come on the you life or the me life. Yielded that it comes first before anything. Yielded knowing that there is going to be a rearranging of our lives and a rearranging of priorities when God reveals His will to us and we're yielded for it. We're ready for it. In Luke chapter 14 and verse 26, Jesus says, If any man come to me, And hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. We need to be yielded to God for God to reveal his will. How about the way? We understand God's will. How about the way it's made known to us? It's made known by way of miracles when you look at Paul. He had a miraculous experience on the road to Damascus. And I'm not saying that it's going to happen in the same fashion with you and I today. But He is going to speak to us. He's going to speak to us through His Word what His will is for our lives. When we have questions, when we have doubts, when we become weak concerning God's will for our lives, His Word is the primary place for you and I to go. It's the best place for us to go. All the questions that we have in life, period, The Bible has the answer. And if we will search, we will find it. It, We're not just going to pop open the word and and there it's going to be. We've got to search and we've got to study to know his word and for him to speak to us. In his word is where you'll find all your answers and clarity about his will. We'll find God's general will For all of us in his word and his general will, which is what you and I are all going to have in common to worship him, to witness for him, to give to him, to give to others, to minister to others. All of these things that we'll find in his general will. Look, we need to be doing those things. If we want to know what this particular will is that God has for us in our lives. We need to be doing everything we know to be doing. And then let him add that particular special thing in our lives. We must be doing those things to receive his particular will. The way we understand God's word by by a miracle with Paul. By his word. And in a sense, sometimes by other people. And what I mean by that is just good, godly counsel in our lives. You know, God uses Ananias to speak to Saul here about what his will is for Saul. 
He revealed it to someone else first. And I'm not saying that God is going to reveal the will for your life to someone else and they tell you. I'm not saying that at all. But let me say this as as memories came back to my calling to preach and there were just times that I was answering questions in Sunday school or I was giving testimony or just talking about the Lord and I wasn't thinking at all about preaching. And Christians came up to me, different ones, saying, are you sure God's not calling you to preach? And they were not doing it with the attitude that God told me this to tell you. It was nothing like that. But that's what they said, period. And I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying that that was an influence in it. Nevertheless, one thing led to another. And God did call me to preach. The in a, in a multitude of counselors, there is safety, Proverbs says. So, so we can take and listen to the counsel one to another. And understanding different things and different aspects of God's will for our lives. Well, the way we learn His will is by all of these things and by His Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit of God. Acts 9.17 says that Paul was filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't know it, but the moment I was saved, the Holy Spirit came to live within my heart. And I, I didn't do cartwheels, and there weren't fireworks in the Sunday school room where I was saved. There were tears. And that's not even a criteria. You believe, you have faith in what Jesus said. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. And Romans 8 9 says, If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So the moment that you were saved, whether you know it or not, the Holy Spirit came to, he put the address on your heart. And that, that became his residence. He came to live within you. And Jesus says that the Spirit leads and guides us into all truth. Isn't, the, isn't that wonderful? Don't be intimidated by the atheist, intelligent CEO that would try to disprove the Bible to you because it takes the Spirit of God to understand it. And that's what that person needs. It's not about intelligence. It's about the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God leads us into knowing the will of God. The Spirit of God leads the child of God into the will of God. I guess I would close this tonight with asking, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Because that is God's will. That is, without me knowing you, without me knowing guests that may be listening online, it is God's will that you would know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you're listening or here tonight and you're unsaved, would you, would you ask that question, Who art thou, Lord? Who is Jesus Christ to you? 
Because He's Lord and Savior. He's the one who substituted in our place on that cross that we might have eternal life. His blood was shed there and His blood cleanseth us from all our sins if we will trust in the Lord Jesus. If you're listening or you're here tonight and you are saved, what will the Lord have you to do? I've been so proud of this church knowing that the church is is viewing online those who can't be here and there are those who are here and the children of God are communicating with one another and sending myself and sending Pastor Stone emails and and you're you're giving and and you're doing all of these things and being a blessing and and we think about circumstances in this day and time though and the temptation that it, that it might bring, or just the bad habits that could so easily crawl into place. And I'll tell you what's a good remedy for that. Thinking and asking the Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? What will you have me to do right now? God, you know these circumstances we're in. You know some limitations that seem to be out there. What will you have me to do, though? God's not scratching his head and he has something for you and he has something for me. Do you know God's will for your life? If you don't, you're not waiting on him. He is waiting on you. He is waiting for willingness. He is waiting for openness. He is waiting for yieldedness to him. With clean hands and a pure heart, empty and open for God to fill you up and to give you his spiritual will for your life. He's worth it. He's worth seeking for that. By the way, he demands it. He demands that we learn his will, know his will and do his will. And we have no purpose without it. Why would we not seek God's will? We have no purpose in our lives if we don't have and know God's will. Everyone needs to know and can know the will of God for their lives. Thank you for being here tonight. It's been good to be in Bible study with you. I hope that we all go home thinking about the the wonderful will of God. He has one for all of us. It's unique and special for us all. Bubba Mills, would you...